I don't know when the glass fell. I don't know what everybody around me thought. I don't know when the car had come and gone. I don't know when the bhajan was over. But somehow I think he handpicked me on that moment. And ever since it's been happening and ever since it has been unfolding. Ever since I've been picking up a question and answering, I don't know from where. You should trust me. Sometimes when I answer your question along with you only, I am also knowing the answer. In fact, earlier I used to be very childish. After every session of mine, I'll run to the room and start writing notes. Because later if I can't remember what I have taught, I am also learning a lot of answers only. It comes. In fact, in my case, there's no question about it. The music is not from the flute. It is through the flute. What I teach does not come from me. It comes through me. I am just an instrument, nothing more than that. Yes. Can you pass the mic? You said, you said that when ego goes, everything else comes. So, um, can you share some tips on how we can do that on a reduce our ego on a daily basis? And um, you said that you you tell us that you love us. How do you say it and mean it and love every single person? First, I'll give you an example on the second part of your question. There was this girl by name Subrata who was doing the program and the session on love and all had happened. And she had texted one of her colleagues, a charity account was working in a charity content firm. And it so happened when she went back to office the next day, one of her colleagues stopped her and told her that, Hey Subrata, you love me, is it? Yeah, that's the message that I've sent you. Now I'm going to show this message to everybody in office and tell everybody Suprata loves me. She said, sure. So immediately that colleague went into the organization and showed it to another guy and said, hey, do you know Suprata loves me? Look at this message. The colleague said, you look at my message, she loves me also. <laughs> okay. Then the third one said, she loves me also. And this kid who was then only 18 came back to the class and she said, Rajan, for the first time I realized when you tell only one person I love you, there are many meanings to it. When you tell everybody I love you, there is only one meaning to it. <laughs> love cannot be selective. Love cannot be selective. Then it's not love at all. True, even though I say love you all, everybody may not be able to experience the same proximity of love. It's like this. See, that light that is there is throwing a lot more light on me than you. It has nothing against you, it has nothing for me. The proximity of the focus shows me little more enlightened and you from a different light. So what will happen is, my love for this plant, for you, for my son, for my wife, for my father, for a parag is the same. The proximity of relationship they share, they might experience the expressions of my love lot more than one of you where I don't have the proximity of relationship. In fact, it's only when it becomes love you all, only when it becomes all inclusive, for the first time love becomes non-possessive. For the first time love becomes purifying, self-cleansing, 
for the first time love becomes not transactional for the first time love becomes a responsibility you share towards others and the more and more you realize the privilege of being born as a human being no other creation has been given this in the way you live your one life you can change something about this world forever and go just think about it just think about what it is to be a human being that in one life that you live leave alone fellow human beings you can plant 10 trees and give it back to nature and go and that will be your legacy no other creation can do that but man can you can take the responsibility of educating 10 children educate them and create that academic legacy in them and go before you go no other creation can do when you think about what is possible through one human life your love for life automatically grows a sense of responsibility towards everything that is life automatically grows in fact it's easier to love all only loving few is difficult then it becomes very difficult then she is not talking to me why she is upset with me when you love all she is not talking to you it's okay there are others to love there's a great freedom but rajan how do we grow into this love all starvation for love does not cease by receiving love starvation for love ceases only by giving love if any one of you here is ever starved for love it is not because enough people do not love you it's because you do not love enough people when you learn to love enough people there is no more starvation for love and when you become a giver of love you have no other choice but to love all and to love all the time i want you to know that a lot of these were not natural part of me i had to cultivate i had to grow see i had gone in some other direction in life then i realized i need to go in this direction in life so i have one of these tools which has helped me a lot to become what i have become i call it the mental philosophy mental philosophy is see when i began in my life i realized unless i am enthusiastic unless there is intensity in my life i am not going to do much with my life so i took up one mental philosophy i didn't go through all the scriptures i didn't sit i just took only one mental philosophy i told myself from now onwards my mental philosophy will be nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm i'll put enthusiasm into life and life will follow enthusiasm all i did for the next few months is kept on monitoring am i enthusiastic the only fault that i can find with myself at that period is if i am not enthusiastic that is not acceptable that doesn't mean i was happy that doesn't mean i was loving that doesn't mean anything but i just embraced this one thing i said you first transform yourself into an enthusiastic being then we will talk about other aspects of life for over a period of 6 months my thought process my awareness my introspection everything was am i enthusiastic somewhere in a 6 month period i realized enthusiasm has become my nature right now now i don't need to read a book i can write a book on enthusiasm now i don't have to listen to a speech on enthusiasm i can give because enthusiasm became your nature then i told myself now take up another mental philosophy coming from an impoverished background and always having the responsibilities to at least feed the family i was not a naturally happy individual 
So I said, now my mental philosophy will be to transform myself into a happy individual. So the mental philosophy that was taken at that stage was, I will do everything in life out of happiness, not for happiness. I will not say if I do this, I will become happy. I will tell myself, out of happiness, do this. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. And for the next few months, my only I learned how to laugh. I never knew to laugh. I learned to laugh. It looked lunatic, but I used to stand in front of the mirror and try different laughters to see which suits my personality. <laughs> then I would, inside my bedroom, play some music and just dance for some time. Just bring about those changes in my action that will create a change in the feeling. Then I developed this in my vocabulary. Anybody ask me, how are you? I'll tell them I'm on top of the world. Happy morning, happy afternoon. From languaging to body language to expression, everything. In fact, I'll be driving my bike. I was still in bike those days. I'll be driving my bike so seriously. Suddenly, I'll remember there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. And I'll change the whole thing and then start. All the monitoring was only on happiness, happiness, happiness. And soon I realized that everybody started referring to me as the top of the world fellow is coming, that happy morning fellow is coming. Wherever this fellow is, he is uninhibitedly happy. Happiness became the nature. Then I realized I have taken up two mental philosophies which are purely selfish. What I can become? What am I going to do with others? That's when I took the next mental philosophy. I will love all and I will love all the time. If love cannot, nothing else can. What's not possible for love is not possible for anything else. It was taken as a mental philosophy. It was not that it was naturally there. It was taken as a mental philosophy. Then all this came. I used to write letters of gratitude to people. One letter per day. Every day. My first employer, my first employee, my first customer, my teachers, my professors, my parent, my uncle, my neighbor, whoever in any way has touched my life, I'll write a love letter to them. All the letters will end saying, love you so much. All the letter. Rajan, when you wrote love you so much, love was there, was not there. But then over a period of time it comes. First time, like I told you, when you did this, it meant nothing to you. Today when you do this, you know it means something to you. First time you do this, it means nothing to you. But eventually it comes. Initially I was saying on top of the world. Now I am feeling on top of the world. So you take up an action so that it eventually transforms you into that feeling. And that is how the whole thing was done. What do you think the child really understands when you tell him? But he doesn't understand. But eventually he will learn. These actions will lead him to those feelings. And that's exactly how it was. Then I started hugging people. Then I would take people into my lab. Then I started seeing the people I teach as my children. I think the most important transformation came to me. When I no more saw people as people I teach, they all became my children. I still remember. By then spiritual aspirations had come. By then spiritual unfoldment had come. Spiritual experiences. By then I knew I'm not alone anymore. He's walking with me every step that I take. By then this very personal relationship of me and him had already developed. And I remember with tears in my eyes once telling him, there was a time in her life I begged you for one son and one daughter. 
and how benevolent you are. You have given me so many sons and so many daughters. Right from the 75-year-old seeker who is there to that 18-year-old, today in my eyes, everybody is only my children. And it's not difficult to love everybody when you see them as your children. You should just... I can understand all of you relating to... You should see the way a dog relates to me. You should. It's an experience. You should... The squirrel will not run away when I walk in that direction. You should see that. Marine fishes, which has never related to a man, will take the feed. Sometimes marine biologists just come to witness this phenomenon. They bring all marine biologists. You see, from his hands it eat. In fact, when a man goes close to a fish tank, they will run because they think you will catch them. To me, they will all come to the surface. Of course, all these people who are with me, they have been a witness experiencing all this. They will just come to the surface. And this transformation was through a mental philosophy. Love all, love all the time. If love cannot, nothing else can. What's not possible for love is not possible for anything else. Then I realized, I've improved my relationship with myself. I've improved my relationship with the world. What about him? That is when I began to embrace meditation. Mental philosophy itself at that stage was, from the seat of meditation, everything is possible. And everything became possible. Ask me, did meditation happen to you when you sat in the seat of meditation? Only cramps came. But then, what is that if you do seek long enough, will he deny to you? Eventually, you as a mortal parent, if your child asks you five times, you give it to the child. If you seek long enough, will he ever deny anything to you? The whole unfoldment happened. The whole unfoldment happened. He chose me to do his work. And ever since it's been happening, one philosophy at a time. Of course, one mental philosophy which brought about an enormous turnaround in my life, in the life of a lot of them is, I will get my magnet right. Which is what I want to speak as the last session Tomorrow, before you start your holy celebrations, how do you get your magnet right? One mental philosophy at a time, that is how everything has grown. How do you ensure that you are not ego involved with people? How do you ensure? By constant awareness of reminding yourself, I in spirit and you in spirit are one and the same. Then where is this holier than thou attitude? Where is there this mightier than this attitude? Which part of my hand should argue with which part of my hand? Only when I see you as the other, ego means you are seeing it as the other. If your ego involved with your parents, you are seeing your parents as other than you. You are not seeing your parents as your natural extension. You can get ego involved with a spouse. I'll tell you also how this whole thing was conquered. How this whole thing of seeing as a natural extension came. What I was just sitting and doing a small calculation. Let us say the average age of all of you sitting here is 30. The average age at which an Indian dies is 70. Which means on an average we are left with 40 years of life. One third of your life will go and sleep. 13, hours is, 13 years of your life is knocked off. 27 years is left. One third of your life will go and work. You will work minimum 8 hours a day. Another one third of your life is knocked out. Another 13 years of your life is gone. 14 years left. 
the daily chores of just brushing your teeth, drinking coffee, reading that useless newspaper, mega cereal, extended lunch and dinner and then that samosa break and extra tea and coffee shop meetings, four hours a day will go off only in your daily chores. Another seven years of your life is taken away. Only seven years left. Minimum a city dweller travels for at least one hour a day. Minimum. Coming from Mumbai, I shouldn't tell you one hour, but if I put actuals, you should have died yesterday itself. <coughs> so for your sake, I'm not putting actuals anywhere. <coughs> so assuming you travel one hour a day, and one hour a day you watch television, two hours a day goes off in this, another four years of your life is taken away. You know what is left? 1095 days of your life only is left for you to live, for you to die. And in this 1095 days, so much to read, so much to listen, so much to do, so much to experience, so much we have taken from the world, so much to give back to the world, otherwise we will die indebted to this world. So much of consumption has happened. And all of you have spiritual aspirations. So much of inner cleansing and inner purification has to be done. People say, I'll settle down in another three years and dedicate myself to spiritual life. You don't have that sort of a time left. People say, I'll work for four more years, then start something. on. You don't have that sort of time left. In fact, the day I did this calculation, 1095 days left for everything else beyond the mundane chores of your life which has to happen on a daily basis. I know some of you do not work for only 8 hours, you work for 10 hours, 11 hours. I know some of you don't sleep for 8 hours, but I'm just, those of you who are only 18 and 19, don't get carried away. If you do this calculation properly, it will come to 1400 days only. A sense of urgency has to come into your life. The reason I'm sharing this with you, because you asked this question on ego, after I have done all this calculation and I had tears in my eyes, I said, how much work is left to be done in this world? Can't even say very limited time is left, no time left. With great zest and urgency, we have to plunge into great work of selfless service. If we have any chance, and we have the chance to build a new world and give it to the next gen, we have that chance. We shouldn't miss this. Couple of days later, me and Sucharita, my wife, we had an argument and she got upset and she said something and went. I called her, made her sit next to me, wrote this entire calculation and I told her, Sucharita, we don't have enough time left to love each other. Where is the time to fight? We don't have enough time to love each other. Where is the time to fight? The moment you realize this, Where's the question of showing I'm holier than thou, I'm better than you, I'm greater than you? Whom are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? Everything about your life is the mercy of that existence. It's a mercy of that force. Every instant of your life is happening because something is giving to you. Then where is the question of I? All of us will one day or the other realize nothing that happens through us is done by us. It is done through us and the ego automatically dissolves. 
and that is why you will see the beginning and the end of all my programs this is always done it's not for you it's for me i remind myself just because you have given a discourse just because they have applauded you a few times just because you have a pedestal to operate from don't forget one thing never changes you and them are one and the same in spirit they are your spiritual relatives existential choice today it's making me teach you and you are learning from me life will cast this experientially i'll tell you that day i had a class and that day's class was on how to direct your intelligence and i had bought a car and i didn't know driving i had gone for my driving classes the driving instructor was teaching me before that i only driven a bike so one cyclist was going there so i thought i can overtake the cyclist from the left that's what a bike wala will do i forgot i was there in the car as i was driving to overtake that cyclist from the left the driving instructor forcefully stopped the car and asked me you don't have intelligence and that evening i have a class where i'm going to teach all of them how to direct your intelligence and i said if this does not annihilate your ego what will annihilate your ego <coughs> too much work to do my dear we have no time to get ego involved logger head fight with each other we don't have enough time left to live there is no time left for us to fight or to prevail over anybody for all of you take one mental philosophy at a time see what happens is you are sitting with a reservoir of wisdom too much is coming you learn everything and finally you won't know what to apply which one to apply and the only way you are going to accelerate the pace of your progress is learn everything be in this atmosphere of vibrations but take up one mental philosophy and give yourself enough time till it becomes your nature then take the next mental philosophy then take the next mental and the beauty about a mental philosophy is finally when you have internalized one mental philosophy without your knowledge another five has already become a part of you and that is how you accelerate in the journey of your growth i'll take another question yes <coughs> basically uh, this process of love is quite easy to achieve results when you're talking to group of seekers or people who have a quest but in this world there are so many people who are completely against love example terrorists hardcore criminals etc so on a practical level how would your philosophy of love work on people who have no place for love in their lives if you love them long enough they will not be a terrorist anymore it just cannot be a chance experience how long you have been with the ashram and you are still discovering his love for you it's still a process still a journey they need to be loved long enough to transform them this one chance meeting going to the prison cell one day and coming back because they sense motive the first encounter they have with you they always feel some ulterior motive is there for you to earn some punyam only you are coming they don't believe that you are really interested in them you want to win some award 
you want to get some social recognition you are curious see the beginning of any relationship will be judgment so they think kuch motive hai that is why he has come you have to cross that barrier for him to know that you don't have a motive and once he recognizes that a huge transformation will come huge transformation will come in fact some of the people today raman who teaches in alma mater or who represent alma mater some of them have been big gundas police records i know one person who used to come to my class with this whole knife inside and just before the classroom he'll take the knife outside and keep it outside saying out of respect for you i'm not bringing it inside <laughs> and today he is teaching love he is teaching meditation and some of them have come with me not as my bodyguards <laughs> they are here right now they are talking about people difficult to explain from what extreme they all come into what extreme. after all valmiki was a thief who got transformed into a valmiki if you can love long enough that's the point see what happens is we take up a project we do little here then we get excited about that project then we go there see if you take the tree and keep uprooting it and replanting it every 10 days you will kill the tree you give it its soil and give it long long enough is the point we need to communicate long enough we come from a country where mahatma gandhi demonstrated to us by communicating long enough even the britishers can be driven out from your country we come from a country where mother teresa showed us if you can communicate long enough there's such a beautiful instant of talking about persistent love she went and asked one of those people in calcutta i need help for my children when she used to personally go then it became an organization when she used to person she went and said that i need help for my children one of them who was an anti christian could not accept her asking for help so he spontaneously spat into her hands mother teresa being mother teresa told the man this i'll keep it for myself now give something else for my children she asked when you can demonstrate that compassion who cannot be changed i'm not exaggerating but even now i tell people in top gear give me one hour with osama bin laden i'll bring him back only one hour because see somewhere you have to understand a terrorist is also selfless see he is respecting a cause which is beyond his life that is what your army general is also doing in fact i really believe a lot of these terrorists are more selfless than most of the city people who are all the time living only for me mine myself just as direction is wrong if you can somehow correct the direction great leaders they are all think about the sort of leadership they have sitting at one place how they are able to mobilize everything and do everything if somewhere you can correct their direction everything will change when we went for prison rehabilitation to the juvenile school to work with them and that is what the child asked i told the child this year you are getting released i will work with you i will teach you i'll ask one of them to set a tailoring shop for you and you should start doing tailoring 
The child spontaneously asked, Sir, if I work for an entire month, how much will I earn? Told him 3,000 rupees. He said, in one purse, I will get it. Why should I work for the entire month? Now, if you ask me, this is actually enterprise. As an organization, if you have a general manager who tells you, Boss, in one order, I will get one month's revenue. What will you say? Great job. It's an enterprise. Just that that boy did not have anybody to give him a direction. Give him the direction. Start from where you can start. Like right now what we are doing, we are going to corporation schools and just telling children to start with, before promising all this, tell them you will not speak bad words. Let's correct from there. That's a much, because in his family is seen people all the time speaking. And this is all we are teaching those corporation children. Everything that comes out of a human being stings. Your sweat stings, your tears stings, your phlegm stings, your saliva stings, your blood stings, your urination stings, your excreta stings. The only thing that comes out of a human being that can be sweet are your words. Let that not stink. So right now, let's start from where we can start. So we tell these children, just because you come from the slums, just because you come, don't speak that language. Let's teach them our language. Of course, I'm when I say our language, I'm talking ashram language. City language is worse than slum language. Let's teach our language. So slowly they are learning that language. Now what happens when you transform his language? You begin to transform his mind. And he gains trust in you. Then let's take the next step. Most of the goals that we wish to achieve in life do not get achieved. Not because the goals are ambitious, the time frame in which we want to achieve it becomes ambitious. It's not that meditation cannot happen to you. But you ask him in three days, I want. It doesn't happen. The goal is not ambitious. The time frame in which you want to achieve it is ambitious. And hence it looks like an unachievable goal. You want to transform the entire Dharampur district. Give yourself 20 years. You will give a model district to the rest of Gujarat. Want to do it in three years' time, you will get frustrated. You feel so much work is happening. Why results are not coming? Can this whole place... You said, in ten years I will transform this place into a Vrindavan. In ten years we can do. You ask, in three years you want to do? Then frustration sets in. There is no goal beyond the achievement of a man.